Very good afternoon to you. Thank you for the uh, appreciation and uh, thank you for the congratulations. Praise be unto the Lord. I begin my sharing today with a story. Right. Three men, a lawyer, a doctor, and a pastor. They went on a hunting trip, three of them. And so they saw a deer. All three of them fired one shot. Simultaneously, the deer collapsed. Now, all three of them claimed that, hey, that deer belongs to me because I shot it myself. I got it on my sight and I released the trigger. So the doctor says, okay, all right, let me go examine the deer, right, and I come back and say, who actually shot the deer? He went. And so he examined the deer and then he came back and said, okay, the pastor, the deer is yours. You shot the deer. So the lawyer said, wait, why, why do you say he shot the deer? The doctor says, I examined the animal. It's a clean head shot. The bullet went through his head from one ear out the other. Now I share this because last Sunday we were actually preaching this, I, I was told, right? Last Sunday, May 20, 1920. I also can joke as a pastor because I was a pastor and I think um, the pastors will not get offended, right? But if truth be told, uh, many times we hear the sermon, we hear the teaching, this in and this out. Why? Because the reason is because we, we are indifferent. We hear so many times and it becomes very, very uh, commonplace. We are numb. In fact, we are dull. And so therefore, one year in, one year out. And that's why, that's the reason why Pastor Ian, I hesitate because I call him Pastor Bantang and say he should be called Pastor Ian. Okay, Pastor Ian says, that's, why, that's the reason why we actually have two sermons back to back. Okay, last week and this week. And if you're not paying attention today, next week instead of um, Dr. Mark Sin preaching, he'll be preaching on this as well. Okay? Uh, but the idea here is that now, how do I make a sermon like this um, justice? Because you have heard it so many times. Matthew 28, 1920, 48, verse, 48 words. You have heard it. In fact, if I'm not wrong, many of us can memorize it. How do I make this sermon become alive? It's a challenge for me. And for many of us as well, the speaker as well as the hearer. Right? So, to help us understand, this is my sermon title, but what I want us to, to think through, this question, what has the Great Commission to do with me? But this will be our guiding question. What has the Great Commission to do with me? Otherwise, it will be like this. All right? And so, when we think of these uh, three questions, uh, this question, I want to highlight to you three things for us to remember. All right? And that's the sermon title. Identity, intent, and impact. So, the verse, 48 words, right? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is Matthew 28, 1920. For those on the 20th row, this is about 20 rows, 10% on each side, 400 people here. For those at the back row, maybe you may want to switch on your, your phone or your Bible. Uh, open your Bible. Matthew 28, 1920. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, some versions, and lo, and look, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the verse we are going to engage this afternoon. Right? But the three things we are going to talk about, your identity, your intent, identity, identity. What is our identity? What has the Great Commission to do with me? Because the first thing is our identity. 
What is our identity? We are all created by God, designed by God. So some sort of feedback here. Designed by God. Now, this design is God himself who actually designed us even before the foundation of the world. In fact, you just read Psalm 139, fearfully and wonderfully made. Isn't it? And you push all the way to Genesis. The Bible tells us that God created men and women in his image. So we are created, created by God and for God. This is our design. Design means what? Design means that God has specific dimension. Can I use the word specific? Outcome for all of us, for you, for me. And so when I think about design, I want us to realize this thing. It is, and that's why you write your notes, huh? It is, you are assigned the identity. You do not assume the identity. Neither do you appropriate the identity with human efforts. Right? So you are assigned the identity. So for example, if I go to the car showroom and want to buy a car, I pay the down payment. COE is kind of uh, hovering around the price right now and I think I'm ready to buy the car. I have a down payment. When I go to Pandan West Coast Road to collect my car, this is my experience with Toyota. I went there to collect the car. So instead of this, okay, instead of this, I get this. 120,000. I don't know what's the price, right? depending on your model, but instead of this, we get this. This is not God's design because the your identity is this. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, this is our design. I have with me a Singapore identity card called NRIC. This is mine. Uh, for those that on a row behind, you probably cannot see. It's very small. Uh, I bring this up because this is my identity card. Maybe a little bit self-conscious because when I visit churches, where they will ask, are you from Singapore? Are you Singaporean? In fact, last week I visited a church and they say, hey, this, are you from Singapore? True blue Singaporean. Now, this is my identity card. Okay? Our identity is more than just this Singapore crest and my thumbprint behind. Our identity is in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is our identity. Given to us, we cannot assume an appropriate identity. So, for example... For those of parents or fathers, if you're at KK Hospital, Kanan Kerbao, or if you can afford maybe better hospital, at the, at the uh, delivery ward, the baby is rolled out to you, depending on the gender, blue or pink, rolled out to you, and then you look at the baby, and the baby look at you, uh, your, your baby, huh? your own baby look at you and say, Yo, my name is Joe. Mr. Yo will be shocked. Shocked, not because... Uh, <laughs> He can speak on the baby, but he will be shocked because the baby knows his Christian name. Not only the doctor will give a slap on the butt, I think the father will probably give a slap on the lips as well. You don't assume this identity. It is actually given to us. And the best part is our identity is name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm very careful about this and very heavy in my heart because identity, identity is important. As the executive director, some people call the ED, which is a very funny medical term, but executive director, I ask myself, am I fit enough to sit on the, the chair? Am I fit enough to, to walk shoulder to shoulder with my colleagues, fellow pastors, and lay leaders among the 37 Baptist churches? 
to work together to do what God wants us to do rather than each individual churches would like to do what they like to do. This is my identity. I think of uh, Mark Sin, of course, next week he's spe- speaking, pioneers. Uh, he's a good speaker, better speaker than me, I'm sure. I think of uh, Joseph Chen from this um, YWAM, Kok Hyang from Crew. These are all men most their identity. Our identity is not because of our job scope, but because we know that hey, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that's what we are, that's what they are. And I trust, even in our midst, uh, we have uh, people like Kim Meng, uh, Jonathan Yao, of course. We have many others, name and unnamed. Some of you, and you know yourself, you're leading God's flock, studies, your little care groups and study groups, so on and so forth. And for Pastor Yin as well, I'm sure, he takes on this identity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what has the Great Commission got to do with me? Because identity is We do not assume it's assigned to us. That's the first word. Second word to bring us to, to your way of is this word. Intent. Now God gives us an identity. We cannot assume it. It is a gift. God has prepared us even before the foundation of the world. In fact, we, we study many times, right? Before the foundation of the world, God has created us for good works. But beyond identity, what has the Great Commission got to do with my life? Second word, intent. More accurately, is God's intent. Not only are we designed specifically for God's use, we are destined for God's purpose, for His function. So let's look at the, look at the text. The, ones, the words in orange or yellow, depending on which screen you're looking at. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That is God's intent. God did not give us an identity so that we feel very good about it. God gave us an intent. His intent for us is to go and make disciples. More simplified will be go and share. Alright, go and share. That is God's intent. And so if I can share about using the car as an example, will be like this. This is the car you bought. Can you imagine? For those who cannot see, actually those are bricks. That means that you collect the car, but there is no what is tire or call wheels. There's no wheels. So the car cannot function. It is just a car, a vehicle that you pay for, but it cannot function. It did not serve its purpose. But that is not God's intent. So it's a lifestyle, not a labor. My daughter brought, uh, bought me a shirt like this. For those who have good eyesight, this is the logo. For my, my time, it was, I think, the tree strap, the Adidas, but this is an interesting logo, right? So my daughter bought it from US, so I was quite uh, proud, and I was very appreciative of this, this, uh, this uh, shirt. Now let me try with it. I put it on to see whether it works or not. I have grown.
Okay, this is, uh, they call it climate cool. So it's, you can kind of deflect sweat, I don't know. So it's very, it's very good. So what happened was, once I bought it, uh, once I got it, uh, she actually bought two, by the way. So I got, once I got it, uh, I went to the stadium, Hokkang Stadium. So I put it on, and then, of course, I wear my uh, running shoe. A few regardless, actually. Uh, so I then went there to, 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 to test out this shirt. I went to Hokkang Stadium, and I did my, my little warm-up. Now, from the corner of my eye, I noticed something. I noticed there's another person in this same fire engine red shirt, you know. <laughs> the same logo. I thought you buy from US, you know. But here is this chap. Okay, but, but there's a difference. Okay, the, now this, this chap. Oh, this uh, this is a man, by the way. Okay, this is a man. Okay, uh, this chap. Uh, I wish I got more pillow, but actually, this is more well. well no, I'm not body shaming. So God forbid, he will kick me out. Not body shaming. In fact, it's shelf shaming. Why? Because we talk about lifestyle, not labor. So what happened was, after warming up, okay, I look at him. He's at least half my age. Probably come from army. I'm already uh, quite quite there already. All right. Uh, but so I told myself, okay. A silver award, NAFA test, $200, no problem. I will do my best, okay, then I start to, to warm up, then I start running. So I was quite uh, confident, so I took lane one. There are eight lanes, okay, you know, the, the stadium. So lane one I take. And then I noticed this guy, he take lane two. I, I, okay, fine, right? So, but he's, he's quite, so it's fine. So I start running. I keep pace. Uh, 2.4 click, then six round, I keep pace and I start running. Then suddenly I hear, I look at my windscreen mirror, you know, I notice that, hey, there's a, there's a sound. And then not only that, there's a thumping sound. I can't make it, but it's a thumping sound. And what happened was, I'm keeping a good pace at Silver Award. Then suddenly this guy just overshot me. Like it's Boeing 747. I do six rounds that day. That's my standard. I think this guy, he did 10 or 11 rounds. I'm not very sure, but... Towards the end, when I look at my timing, it's good. 11 minutes, about 30 seconds, it's good, right? At 56 years old, I think it's fantastic without a heart attack. So I was really very tired. I reached the ending point. Now, it's me who is... Huh? Like that. But this guy, he also continued all the way and then he ended in front of me. At this point, I'm actually looking for oxygen tank, you know. Because really, I don't know, now these young people, they're very super fit. Now, what is my point for all this? Because... A lot of us wear the label. And I say, nice shirt. We look at people, oh no, this guy cannot make it. CMI. Correct or not? But we can. Why? Because we are people who look at, ah, I want hmm, King Saul. One head above, right? Six and a half footer, perhaps. David, the shepherd boy, the eighth son of Jesse, forget it. You're going to do your NS first. Finish your national service. Maybe I consider you. Now, when we talk about intense, God's intense for us. It is more than just a label. Understand? It is more than just a label. It is a lifestyle. So when we look at the text, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them, observe all that I have commanded you. It cannot be, I feel like it, seasonal thing, I will come. There's a church event, seasonal, I will come once a year, not too much because I cannot make it. God's intent is for us not to just get a, get a label like this, but it's a lifestyle. 
You may look good. I may look good. I thought I was good. Here is a very well-built guy. He can really run the race. It's not the uniform. It's not the details. So what's God to do with us? What does the Great Commission got to do with us? Not only identity from God, it has this identity, very unique, very special. At the same time, God's intent for us. Identity is assigned, not an assumption, not assumed, not appropriate, appropriate by human standard, human efforts, our intent, or God's intent for my intent. It's not a labor. But in other words, therefore, God's intent for GBC has to be more than just once or once in a year, once every five years. I do not know. Right? All of us, I trust, we are raring to go back to Mata Road. Once you go back to Mata Road, I think we will hit the ground running. I, I'm looking forward to that. So what has the Great Commission got to do with us? Number one, our identity. Number two is God's intent. Number three, the third word for us to remember is this. The impact. Because God not only designed us, God actually destined us to do His work together with Him. Not on His behalf, together with Him. Because why? That's where the impact comes in. Behold, or lo, or look, I am with you always to the end of the age. In fact, if you look at verse uh, 18, all authority is given to me, Jesus Christ says that. And then verse 20, He says, Behold, I am with you always to the end. Because I use this word discover. See, when we, when we do God's work, we are given this identity shape according to God's intent to do His work. And then the impact is discover that Christ is with us. When we do God's work, when we go and share the gospel. God, Christ himself will be with us. I give the example about the car, that's automobile. Right? So let's continue with this. So, if you look at this, if you do not do God's work, you are just very happy or very content, satisfied to do what you're doing, that is doing nothing, you'll be like this. Instead of you driving the, uh, you mean the car driving the driver, not the driver pushing the car. This will be what? And that's not God's intent because we are supposed to discover that Jesus is with us all the way. And so, the notes for this will be eternal, not temporal. I'll give you an example about a vehicle, a car, right? So it's an object. Uh, I can change it to maybe um, nature, a tree. Right, flame of the forest. The Musu, maybe 150 years, still collapsed. <laughs> Singapore soil is very tough. But tree, the, in, the, the, the design of the, God has, uh, in nature, God has designed the tree to be like this certain shape. Its intent is to give, uh, uh, cool out the temperature and in fact, people enjoy it. Right, that is a tree. I can also give you an example, maybe animal. I don't know what the Singapore's favorite animal, maybe it's the merlion. I'm not so sure, but for China, it's the panda, of course, but you know my point, right? The design, the, in, the identity, the intent. But my friends, what has that got the, the, the Great Commission going to do with us? The impact? This. We are human, right? Humanity. 
whether you are a car, whether you are a water motor, whether you are a tree, whether you are an animal, those are physical realm that we're involved in. Fair enough, humanity also physical realm, but more than that, for humanity like us, we transcend from the physical to the spiritual realm. We transcend to the spiritual realm. Not only that, we transcend to eternity. When I use the word discover, because Jesus Christ will be beside you, He promised to be beside us when we converse with another person. When we go and share, we go and make, we go and teach, we go and baptize, we go and make disciples, whatever you want to use the word, but you go. But you're not alone. Jesus will be with you. He said, Lo, or behold, or look, I'll be with you always to the ends of the age. Jesus is not the GPS. Many of us has the phone, the Google Map GPS. GPS can help us to navigate, to clear some of the, to avoid some of the uh, cameras, so and so forth. But Jesus is not GPS. Jesus is the vehicle commander. Uh, he's the vehicle commander. That means that he will tell you, he will guide you, and more than that, he will authorize the direction to go. A long time ago, I was uh, in the army. One day, we were on a live firing. I happened to be the vehicle commander to sit in the, in the tree tunnel behind all the combine. I didn't know the power of the vehicle commander. Not only you tell the driver how to drive. Actually, they know what to drive. They say which firing area. They know what to do. But not only that, when you go to the guard post, they will have to salute and let you pass through. That is the power of the vehicle combat. Can you imagine this is Jesus Christ? In other words, there is no path if Jesus has decided that you cannot go. There may be obstacles, there may be some disturbance, hindrances, sovereign hand of God, but the scheming hand of Satan, we understand that. But Jesus is not the GPS. Okay, take another route. No, Jesus is the vehicle commander. He will walk with you. That's his promise. So we transcend only physical into the spiritual, but into eternity. So for example, there was a young man, this young man is called um, Clement, surname Tate. Met him when he was much younger. Uh, went through with him, we do the growing in Christ, the navigators, walked with him, guided him. And then... Uh, Disciple him, you don't use the word carefully, but uh, what happened was one day he said, Okay, Bobby, Uncle Bobby, I'm ready to. By the way, I'm giving examples, it's people outside GBC, so they have to guess. Huh? You don't have to worry. Okay. Uh, otherwise, you won't share with me in the future. But, Uncle Bobby, uh, I, 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 I want to serve God, really. But, you know, I, I want to use my skill. He was a Unisim student, he trained in UOL, so finance. Uh, he said, But I want to use my skill. I said, Okay, fair enough. We can pray. I'll pray with you together. Then say, but uh, Uncle Bobby, I want to see the world. Young people nowadays like that, huh? I want to see the world. I want to meet a lot of people. <laughs> see, well, you know. But it's okay. We pray. We pray, huh? Because uh, it, the design thing, the intense identity, in fact. And so he graduated. Applied for some jobs. A couple of jobs cannot get it. So when he on his computer, he always saw this word. He always see this word, OM. Not, not, the, not the, this uh, open mobilization, uh, not the army OM. Operation mobilization. And long story short, he went on board the Logos Hope. He has been serving. I think he's going to finish his term very soon. Now, but what's the story? The story is this. 
uh, he went on board. He took he took care of stuff as a cook, and then he he worked his way around. But now because his financial background, he took care of the uh, finance of the ship, the the wages, uh, the invoicing, and that is so good that OM International actually took him off from OM Singapore to be seconded to be part of OM International. What is my point? My point is this. It's not me. It is Christ who's with me guiding this young man. And he told me, Uncle Bobby, now he's in Aruba. I don't know where it's Aruba, but he said that, hey, I have been met to many countries. I have met many people. I have, using, I have been using my skill. I transcend physical to spiritual realm. And one day, eternity. Another man, his name is Ivan, Ivan E. Now he's with YWAM. Uh, serving, I think, one year in Australia. He's coming back very soon. Not only transcend spiritual realm, I mentioned, right? we also transcend eternity, the whole eternity. I went to, uh, I, I used to serve in a helping hand at Aukang, Upper Serangoon. Every first Tuesday of the month, I go there to the chapel at night to share with them. These are halfway house of people, a man, of course. Uh, go to visit their dorm, their bunks, walk with them, talk with them. One old man, uh, much older than, very much older, than, and uh, share with him, talk with him, and engage his life. And six months later, he left. Uh, he got terminal cancer. Another man that I, I got to know, Glenn Eagles Hospital, went there, shared with his wife. Wife is crying. Uh, this man intubated. Share the gospel, talk to the wife, they still try to engage uh, about times. Finally, the time comes, I need to pray with him. I pray with him, he's conscious. I pray, hey, brother, you know, this is what we've been talking, you know, like so and so forth. And then there's a, there's a tear drop that comes from his eye. He's lying down, actually. The tear drop comes from his eye. He's gone. Finally, there's one, uh, one, one, one man from Everson, see him at the hawker center. He's someone buy me lunch. Uh, so one day he said, he said Bobby, uh, Pastor Bobby, uh, can you call my brother? I said, oh, okay, sure. So I called the brother, get to know him. Uh, then, okay, share the gospel. And then the conversation is fine. Two years later, the same man called, hey, hey Bob, Pastor Bobby, my brother died. Like, oh, okay, what happened? Oh, he got cancer. Uh, can you go and do the, the funeral? I said, sure, when is the wake? When is the funeral? Give me details. Oh, no, 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 just go to Monday straight away. So, uh, so when, oh, I think particular day, I went to the hospital, the mortuary, to get him, and then uh, the undertaker take over. See you at Mandai. I said, sure, sure. I went to Mandai on the day. True enough, the, the casket arrived. Uh, the, the man was not there. I don't know where he see, but only two living men and one dead uh, body. The undertaker from Simon Casket and then myself, and then prayed, the casket go in, and that's it. Why am I sharing this? Again, the same thing is the discover. We discover that God actually leads us, not me, really. And the best part is I'm only responsible for the conversation, not the conversion. But I like to believe, whether it's for the one in Glen Eagles, whether it's for the halfway house, or whether for this uh, solitary, lonely figure, who, man who died, eternity, when I see, when I go to heaven, right? we don't know, Christ is on the, uh, Holy Spirit, we want to convert, but to believe the impact is not just on earth. The impact will be in heaven. So, what has the Great Commission got to do with me because of identity? 
You don't assume that. It's not, it's not for you to assume. It's a sign to you. A special one, like this. Right? It's a sign to you. And then what is our intent? Rather, what is God's intent? Go and share. Go and make disciples. And thirdly, what is the impact? Not just on physical earth, it goes beyond. Jesus says, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. My friends, we are responsible for the conversation. We are not responsible for the conversion. Praise be unto the Lord. Otherwise, a lot of us will probably be in trouble. I myself, the first one. I don't have much chance to convert people. A lot of time is praying, sharing. But when we come to this question about what has the Great Commission got to do with us, I want to encourage our Lord. Very soon, I'm going to land this thing very soon. Yeah. I begin the sharing with the story of the lawyer, doctor, and a pastor. So let me continue with it. Same group of people, same church anyway. Same group of people. And this time, they went for a hunting trip again. Now this time, they chartered a flight. So they go for them. So they went to the place, and then this time around, they were more uh, successful. Each man shot two deer. So two, 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 six deer. So there's no quarrel, there's no doctor to examine. Very happy, each man dragged his deers to the aircraft and tell the pilot, hey, uh, let's go. Now the pilot looked at the three men and then himself for six deer. He said, no, no, this aircraft cannot take it. So at this time, the lawyer, he took out his name card. He said, I'm a lawyer, right? So don't worry. Any problem, I will cover. Insurance issue, no issue. Because I'm a lawyer. Right, you can trust me. On top of that, lawyers are usually very, uh, I wouldn't use the word creative, but they are very um, persuasive. So he said, hey, we have this doctor, right? Doctor, anything wrong, he will take care, so not to worry. And then we have this very special man, right? The pastor, right? He said, he will pray for us. Journey mercy, don't worry. On top of that, remember, he said, I'm a lawyer. Now, let me tell you this. Last year, we, we do the, did the same journey. The pilot took off as well. We went off. And that pilot is much older than you. So this pilot, this pilot said, sure not. I'm a lawyer. Don't laugh. Never lie to you. Right? So the pilot said, okay, let's go. They took off. Three men, the captain, and then of course the six deer. They fly. Now, ten minutes into the journey, into the flight, there's a mountain looming in front of them. So the pilot, he pulled the throttle. He pulled up, but the drag is too much, too heavy. He hear the, the, the alarm from the, from the aircraft. Pull up, pull up, terrain, terrain, pull up, pull up. Terrain, terrain, and then bang. Crash into the hillside. But fortunately, all right, or should I say miraculously, after the pastor prayed, all right, so nobody was injured. No serious, no, no, nobody died. Only the aircraft was severely damaged. But remember, the lawyer said, don't worry. I know what to do. I will make sure that, you know, you don't have to, to be concerned about damages. I'll take care for, for everything. So the pilot said, mayday, mayday. Uh, anybody can hear us because he, he, told the, he, he really, he cannot find, he don't know where we are. His map doesn't show. This somewhere very wooded, deep forest. So the pastor said, okay, let me go and pray. He went and prayed and after what seemed like eternity, he came back to the group. And then he said, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. 
Then they say, why? He said, this place looks very familiar to me. I know where we are. So the captain said, oh, really? Where are we? He said, same place that we crashed last year. <laughs> now, my friends, the thing is this. First time we say here, one year in, one year out, you can preach again and again. I'm really not interested. Indifferent. Second time, we can say, hey, I know identity, intent, impact. But well, I don't know how to apply. And that's where we come to this part where I want to talk about application. In any sermon, there's two components. Number one, our conversation with one another, engaging the Word of God, conversation with God, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us, to fill us, to enlighten us, illuminate our mind. That is the first part, conversation. Second part is our commitment. No point for us to hear, and then, oh, same as we crashed last year. Commitment is important. Now, why is it important? Because for a, a church of this size, a church of this size, there are at least three groups of people, maybe four, but the first group, I call this the, if I can have a pyramid, I call this the followers. The followers are people who say, I know, thank you, good example, but reveal to me, I need to know more because I'm more of the logical type. Uh, I'm more of the uh, academic type. Uh, I need to know what is imperative, the participle, what is the indicative. I'm the kind who is uh, very compartmentalized, the model, the mandate, the messenger, the message, so on and so forth. Nothing wrong, it's fine. So these are the group of people. Later, I want to ask all of us to stand. Don't stand now, later, all right? So the, the first group, the bottom layer, these are the followers. Leaders do this, we will follow. The second group of people I will call the diehards. Now the diehards are those people who say, hey, revive me. Because the diehards, we have, I've done that, come on. Look at the better scar that we had, that I have. How much disappointment that I got, you know. Build up this guy over the years, he just abandoned ship. What with these people, after a while, they just backslided. In fact, they turned away from the faith. Better scar, better wounds. These are the people who say, revive me. Revive me because of identity. <clears throat> your intent, your intent, God's intent, and impact. Revive me. The third group of people is, I call this the Red Indian Chief. Right? Followers, diehard Red Indian Chief. And this group of people, include me, that's me. The Red Indian Chief are people who knows very well God has given us a lot of information. We have a lot. But what happened with us? And I have to confess. That's why later I'll be the, I'll be the first to stand up with all of you. But what happened is that the, the Red Indian Chief has been given much. But you know what happened? Because they used to be followers, then after they die hard, then Red Indian Chief, they went through the whole tunnel thing. And then we adopt this idea, hey, is this guy really worth my time or not? I'm very, my time is very precious. Not much time. And I look at the person, the people, really, at my age, at my level, really, if God is here, yes, I am here. But these people are much lower. I think what will happen is that we need him to, or her, or them to level up. These are the people who need to be rebuked. So, reveal to us, God. Revive us. And last one is rebuke us. And I, I, I want to be very honest. Many of us go through this cycle. I, I will have to this cycle. Why not? When we thought we made it, we again backslide into this, uh, this uh, dough drums again. So these three categories, there may be a fourth category because I'm going to ask all of us to stand later and then I'll invite uh, Pastor Ian forward. But there's maybe a fourth category. I hear the Great Commission, okay? I want to stand up because I want to give $1 million to church rebuilding. I don't know. Huh? Another group category. But these are not commit, commitment. This is not what I'm shooting for. 
the conversation and the commitment. This is not. This is say, God, tell me more. God, reveal to me more. God, energize me. God, uh, rebuild me. This is not the commitment. The commitment is this. Okay, can you go to the commitment? Okay. This is a, commi- this is a commitment I want us to, to, to seriously consider. All right? There are only two categories here. Number one, I want to commit into full-time Christian witness for the Lord. That means I'm going to give up my career, give up my lifestyle perhaps, give up my perks, position. They're going to full-time Christian witness for the Lord. It's really full-time, really 24-7 kind of thing. For a church of this size, I, based on this number, is about 20 rows, 10, 10 is about 400. Plus minus. I cannot believe, I refuse to believe a church of this size, nobody is going to give his or her life unto the Lord. Cannot be. Maybe there's something holding me back, holding us back. I don't know. But this is a commitment. But I'm not trying to say tomorrow, suddenly we've got 20 people going to full time ministry or 200 people or the whole church. Please be done to the Lord. But I think there's, there's dreaming. Full time Christian witness. God, today, Mother's Day, May, May uh, 14. Mother's Day, special day, but I want to give my life full-time Christian witness. This is a very, very small percentage that impacts. But the other group is marketplace community witness. God, I want to be a marketplace community witness. I may be a CEO. I may be a grab driver. I don't know. I may be a, I may be a, a teacher. But I want to be a full. I want to be a marketplace or community Christian witness, including mothers. Two categories. So, for example, ladies. And, and guys, ladies, you got handbag, right? Guys got wallet. If, 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 if somebody uh, were to rob you of your handbag, when the person opened the bag, what did he, he see? Will he see a gospel tract or not? I mean, I don't know. I don't want to spot check you, but is there a gospel tract? Right? Uh, same, the man's wallet. If, if, I, you know, if I pickpocket your wallet, when I see a gospel tract, or at least something say, thou shalt not steal or something like this. You know I mean? There must be something there, right? Oh, no, no, no. Mine is uh, lifestyle. Remember lifestyle? No, no, no. It cannot be. All right? If you're a grab driver, right? I may become one, but if you're a grab driver, would there be tracks? The newspaper came out, there's one grab driver in Singapore, I said, Malaysia has got drinks with this and that. Can you imagine why these people are so enterprising? And put, give me five stars. I mean, they're very clever. Give me good feedback. Why is it that we do not have this? Oh, but mine is not a grab car. It's not a grab taxi or Uber. No, no, it doesn't matter. Private car. Would there be tracks inside your car? Would that be possible? The Bible? I don't know. When you switch on, we share the gospel music. This is what we should be. We should be having this as a lifestyle, not a label. So I'm going to invite, if you belong to that group, all right, you need to be reviewed further, to be revived, to be rebuilt. I invite all of you to stand, right? But be very honest. I'm going to step down and join you all. But I want to invite all of you, if you think that you belong to this category, to stand. You know, I'll be the only one standing. And I invite Pastor Yin come forward to lead us, lead this church into a committal prayer. All right, so I invite you, if you want, please stand with me. Pastor Yin, over to you. Fourteen years ago, uh, my brother and I were 
standing over the grave of the father we had just buried. Just a piece of earth scar underneath which was our father's body. And while we were standing there, just not talking to each other, just looking down, along came this man with a shovel. He wasn't the grave digger. They don't use shovels anymore. I assume he was the gardener. And he stuck the shovel in the dirt and said to us, that's all any of us will leave. Piece of dirt. And my brother and I looked at each other, and then my brother said to me, Is that it, Pastor? And I looked at him and said, I don't think so, Pastor. And then my brother turned to the man with the shovel and said, This man was a lumberjack, but he left more than this piece of dirt. He left the gospel in two men. I want to say to you that I've sensed a bit of smugness in the Christian community in Singapore. We love to tell foreigners on work pass, hey, Singapore, 20% Christian, you know. Glory to God. But if this generation is not faithful to leave the gospel, the next generation of Singaporeans will be an unreached people group. So Pastor Bobby has given us a challenge. Is there any who would stand with this pastor and look at all of our righteous deeds, all our good works as a grave and say, no, but today I stand as a commitment to the Lord to say, if you give me opportunity, I will drop the seed of the gospel in somebody's heart. If by your grace, if you give me courage this week, tomorrow, today, next week, if you give me the opportunity, I will represent good news. There's a God who lives, who notices the broken in Singapore who notices the Uber drivers, the Grab drivers, who notices neighbors. There's a God who lives and notices. I want to invite you to bow with me for just a moment. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, because I don't want you to stand because you want your neighbor to think you are righteous. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. But with heads bowed, if you would say, Lord, I I will respond and leave the seed of the gospel in someone. Should you give me by your grace opportunity, I will plant a seed this week. If you would make that commitment to the Lord, would you stand with me, stand with these pastors? Don't stand because you want me to make note. Don't stand because you think someone needs to know that you're faithful. Stand because you know you have been created, designed, and gifted for this purpose. Not to brand our church, but for the seed of the gospel.
Many are standing. Are there any others who need to stand to your feet right now and say, I will make a stand. I decide to leave more than scarred earth. I will plant a seed. Should you, oh God, give me opportunity. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment. As I get to the end of the prayer, I am going to say in Jesus' name, when you hear me say that, those of you who are standing, sit so that we don't call attention to this commitment we make today between us and the living God. Anyone else would stand with us as we go to God in prayer. Father God, we stand now not because we are worthy. We stand by the mercies of your grace. We stand this afternoon because somebody else was faithful. Somebody else lived according to their design, God-given, and shared good news with us. And now, whether they live or die, good news lives on in us. Father, we commit to you today. We will be good stewards of the treasure that someone else, by your grace, planted in our hearts. Oh, God, Help us to know the power of your presence this week. Each day, open our hearts to opportunity that you, by your design, have supplied. May we know that you are the Lord of the harvest. And you invite us into it, not because you need our help, but because we need the joy of seeing our Father at work in his harvest. So let us know joy this week. Let us know it. In Jesus' name we pray.